The First United Methodist Church is a church of open hearts, open minds, and open doors, seeking to help everyone come to know Jesus Christ, both in Altamont and around the world. Our worship services are at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and all are welcome in person after the COVID crisis, but now online at our YouTube channel, Altamont First UMC. You can also find the link on Facebook at our Facebook page, First United Methodist Church Altamont. We will begin worship shortly.
God is good. All the time. God is good. God is good. And it is good to be together here in the house of the Lord. We welcome those who are watching online. This is First United Methodist Church in Altamont, and I am your pastor, Reverend Paige Campbell. And you know, it's foggy outside. It's a little like dreary, but inside of the house of the Lord, we are filled with the spirit of the sun. So the sun shines on all of us this morning as we come to worship and give praise. So I invite you to take a few moments as we light the candles to settle your spirit and open your spirit to welcome God in. Lay aside the cares and worries of the day, the hour, the week, and allow yourself to be immersed in God's spirit. Let us prepare for worship. Will you please stand in body or spirit and join with me in our call to worship? Come give to the Lord your praises of thanksgiving. We come this day grateful for God's wondrous gifts to us. Sing with great enthusiasm of God's mighty power and love. It is, wonder, it is a wonderful thing to praise God. May God's praise always be in our hearts and in our lives. Amen. Amen. Let us continue by singing. Each of our little choruses here we will sing through twice. Thank you. 
be seated. As we pray together, I invite you to join in this prayer. At the end of each sentence, I invite you to reply by saying, yes, Lord. Can we practice that together? Yes, Lord. Now, I'd like this to be spirited because you're going to be agreeing to the praise sentences that I am saying. So are you ready? Let's try this again. Yes, yes Lord. Wonderful. Let us pray. Creator God. And in praise and adoration, our spirits dance before you today. You have created this wondrous universe and all the magnificent things within it. You have blessed us with so much throughout our lives, even to this day of praise and thanksgiving. Let our spirits soar. Let our hearts sing boldly of your wondrous love. Yes, Lord. We celebrate your love and presence with us today. And it is in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, that we offer this prayer. Yes, Lord. Amen. I invite the children to come forward for some children's time. I've got something special planned here. All right. I brought this because I wanted to make sure it like worked. Okay, so so we're gonna play Jenga. Okay. All right. Do you all know what Jenga is? So Jenga is a is a block game. Do you remember how to set it up? Right. It's like you go like three across this way, right? Okay. And then three the other way. Three the other way. Yeah. So I'll just kind of dump them out. We don't need too too many of them, but we'd like to make an effect, you know. Okay. So this is a good family game where you have these building blocks here and you, and you build it up three at a time in each direction, right? Okay, go ahead. It's tough, okay. You get your next three. We wanna make this nice and, nice and kinda even, okay. Anyone here ever play Jenga? Yeah, some of you, all right, all right. So I bet some people have a strategy. So the idea of Jenga is once we make this tower of sticks, then we start to take them away. And when we take them away, we try to take them away so that the whole thing doesn't fall down. Right, right. So do you have a strategy? What's the first one you think you're gonna take? One off the top, yeah. One off the top. Okay, let's do one more. We have enough for one more layer. Awesome. Okay. All right, do you want to go first? Yes. Okay, take one off the top. Awesome. Now, I'm going to be really risky here. Uh-oh, I'm pushing one and moving. We've, we've packed these pretty tightly. Oh, there we go. Okay, I took one out of the middle. Oh, oh. I think you're only supposed to use one hand, but okay, I took one out the middle. Oh, okay, that's going to move it. Okay. You could take another one off the top if you want. Okay. All right. Very good. Okay. Now we couldn't do this way. Now, what will happen if I take the one at the bottom? Um, it's probably going to fall. It's probably going to fall. And why is that? Uh, because it doesn't have full structure. Right. It doesn't have structure. This is the biggest strength. Now let's see if that. Oh, see, see. I'm moving it. I'm moving it. Let's see. Uh, uh, uh. It didn't fall. Dang. 
There went my example. All right, let's see what else we can do. He's taking my lead. He's taking one off the side. Uh. <laughs> there we go. I see it coming. Yeah. You and me, bud. We need the help of both hands. Okay, now if I take this one, do we think it's going to fall? No, it's not. But if I take this one in the middle, if I take that one in the middle, it's going to fall. Right. Okay. There we go. There we go. Okay. So the point being, the ones on the bottom are the most important, right? They're called, they're like the foundation. Mm -hmm. Like any, any building, any building at all, whether it's like a church, a house, even a trailer, it's got to have something to sit on so it doesn't fall over, right? So the foundation is the most important part of the building. If you don't have a good foundation, what's going to happen to your building? Exactly. It's going to go just like our Jenga blocks, right? Now, as Christians, what do you think is our best foundation? God. God. And who is God's son? Jesus. And in fact, the Bible tells us that Jesus is our cornerstone. So like Jesus is like that first part of the foundation that goes on. And, and, and anything that follows afterward, after it is going to depend on it. So if it's like this way, you're not going to be able to put up your next block like that. It's not going to fit, right? So Jesus basically like sets the standard for us in everything that we do, the way that we line up our lives. And if we're not solid in Jesus, then are we going to be solid as people? No, we're not. We're not. And so I love this image of Jesus as the cornerstone, as the most important part of our foundation upon which everything else depends. Have you, do, you, do you know that there's a cornerstone on this building? Yeah. Nope, it's outside. It's outside. So maybe after worship we can go find it. All right. Well, let's pray together, shall we? God, we thank you that you are our foundation and that Jesus is our cornerstone. God, we thank you that, that you line us up straight, that you help us find the right path, and that if we follow you, Lord, then our lives will be, our lives will be in your will, and you will do marvelous things through us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so these will be available during the potluck. Nope, you just leave them on the tray. Oh, thank you. You want to pile those on there? Pile them on. Can you just put this tray in the front row? Yes. Thank you. So anybody wants to play Jenga during the potluck, we'll bring that in so everybody can do that.
Well, wasn't that great? We haven't had that in a long time. And here we are again, singing praise to God through the choir. Amen. 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 As we worship with our songs and our voices, as we worship with our prayers and our voices, Lord, now we are going to worship with our giving. So I invite the ushers to come forward to collect our tithes and offerings. Please be seated. As we enter into our time of prayer, we ask for uh, prayers for uh, Carol Lau's father, Fred Richter. We also ask for prayers for Marilyn Yackel for health concerns. So, did I say it wrong? Yackel. Marilyn Yackel. I will never get that wrong again. So, and the Williams family, yes. Yes, definitely. And there are other prayer concerns that are lifted in your um, in the bulletin uh, for us to pray for as well. I invite you now into a few moments of personal prayer time.
Lord, this morning we are celebrating, and we have so much to celebrate. God, we are so thankful and excited to be together in worship, to be singing, and just to be together. God, we celebrate the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. We celebrate the opportunity to be together with friends and family here in this house of God as we are a part of the family of Christ. God, thank you for this opportunity. And thank you, Lord, for all the things that you have provided for us through a very difficult time. And Lord, as we celebrate reopening and potluck and singing, Lord, help us to remember that, that this COVID crisis is not over, that there are hot spots popping up all over our country, and that, Lord, we still need your wisdom and your care as we look to protect our community and ourselves. God, we also know that in this very moment there are others who are not feeling the spirit of celebration because of things going on in their lives. And so, Lord, we lift up to you those who we know are in need of your special care. Lord, we pray for those who are sick, that you would heal them. For those who are lost, that you will provide the way. For those, Lord, who have suffered from flooding, both in the United States and Europe, Lord, we pray for safety for those who are nearby, safety for those who are assisting in these disasters. And Lord, we pray for recovery. We continue to pray, God, for the spaces in our country where there is not enough water as well, where there is fire, Lord, and also where drinking water is becoming a precious commodity. Lord, forgive us for the ways that we waste the things that you have given us, have provided for us. Forgive us, Lord, for the things that we have taken for granted. And help us to see truly the beauty in all that you have provided for us. Lord, we pray for our congregation, that we may each be growing closer and closer to you. Lord, we pray for our community, that your son Christ will be seen and known. We pray for our country, God, that your love will prevail. And we pray too, Lord, that for the entire world, that peace and justice, that reconciliation, that forgiveness will be known, will be lived in your kingdom here on earth. Lord God, we pray all of this and so much more. And now we join our voices together to pray to you, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Before I get started, there are two um, uh, clipboards that I want to start around, so I'm going to do that first before I forget, which I don't want to do. I'll just pass them together, and you can see that they go around. Thank you. And I apologize to those of you that are freezing in here right now. I am not. I am not. So we are just going to, I don't, I don't like to have my shoulders showing in church. It's kind of this, uh, I don't know, leftover thing I have from child, I don't know, being told what you're supposed to wear to church. But anyway, Lord doesn't care, so I don't either. All right, here we go. We are continuing through the book of Ephesians, and this morning we are reading Ephesians chapter 2, verses 11 to 22. Therefore, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth, and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, 
by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As you know, I grew up one of two daughters, which meant that when my dad needed help around the house, that meant that we did it, which back in the 70s and 80s might not have been a normal thing for a daughter growing up in the suburbs. Now, if you grew up in the country on a farm, everybody helped. I get that. I didn't grow up in the country. I grew up in the suburbs, and there were some pretty <laughs> defined gender roles still. <laughs> back in the 70s and 80s. But when my dad needed to do something around the house, well, that's what us girls were for. And so when he wanted to rewire the basement, we helped him rewire the basement, full-on Chicago style. We had to have the metal conduit and the three separate lines of wire to go through because you know, even though we were doing it ourselves, we still had to follow union code, okay? So anyway, so I got to do things like that. I got to dabble in construction in ways that probably most suburban kids didn't. And another way that I dabbled in construction was through my youth group's mission trips. We would go down to the Appalachian Mountains and we would do home repair uh, for families who needed better roofs, better foundations. I mean, the list of things that we did goes on and on and on. And we would always have a practice before we went. So we learned how to use a circular saw. We learned how to make a straight line on a board, you know, using a square. And, and uh, we could use a, another power tool, like a, a drill or something, and we could nail. Those were all good things. I believe that every woman should know how to drive a manual transmission and work a power tool. I have a firm belief in that. Who's with me on that? Ah, some of you are. <laughs> I believe those things can be very important. So anyway, I learned that you had to have that, that if you're going to start something, you had to start with it being square, right? So if you're building from scratch and you're going to put up a roof, you know, that way you can take your four by eight sheets of, of OSB-oriented strand board and you can just start slapping those puppies up there one at a time. And they're all going to line up perfectly. You're going to put little spacers in between and it's going to be all good. But one of the things we learned, sorry, issues with that, there we go. One of the things I learned in Appalachia is that once you build a house, as soon as you're done building the house, it's no longer square, right? So when we were doing home repair on homes that were, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old and we were putting a new roof on, it didn't matter how square we thought we started. Those four by eight sheets of plywood were not going up one, two, three, four. You put up one. And then you had to take up another and measure where you're going to cut it off because there was some kind of funky angle with it. And then you did that. And so what could have taken you, oh, I don't know, maybe a day took you an entire week. 
maybe the fact that teenagers were doing it also lent to the slowness of the activity, but still, you know, I learned that you gotta, you gotta start square, you gotta start right. I also was reminded of that when I came home, it was after my senior year of college, and I had worked a summer for Appalachia Service Project, actually my second summer, and I thought I knew everything about construction, or at least construction in the Appalachian Mountains, maybe not in the suburbs of Chicago. And my dad said, well, we need to re-roof part of the house. I said, no problem, I got this. I know how to do roofing, shingling, no problem. Well, we shingled on top of the existing shingles. Yeah, that wasn't pretty. I had one row of shingles that were seriously like two inches tall. <laughs> Instead of these nice, even ones that went across, we were a little bit wavy. I, I hate to admit it, but I'm kind of glad that my parents' house was sold and then torn down and another house built there because the, my, my handiwork is no longer there for anyone else to see. We have to start with something solid. We have to start with something with a good right angle, something solid. We have to start with a good cornerstone. And that is what our scripture reminds us of today, that Jesus himself is our chief cornerstone. Now, those of us who don't do a lot of building think of a cornerstone as this. You know, it's that thing at the corner of the church that tells you when it was built or the corner of the building. Or if you're up by Mattoon at any point, there's a bunch of shopping centers there with cornerstones that have scripture on them which really kind of I don't understand because there's also a gambling parlor in that same strip mall. So I have a little bit of a, but anyway. So this is what we think of cornerstones. But actually from, you know, Jesus's listeners and then Paul's listeners and the people of the, of the ancient Mideast, when they heard cornerstone, they understood it was that first stone that you put down. Now sure, here's a cinder block. But they understood that it had to be right it had to be exactly where you wanted it because everything else after that was dependent upon it. If you were off by just a little bit at the start, by the time you were done, you could be inches away from where you wanted your wall to be because you were no longer straight. Or then, you know, you might have some human error, like how I do shingles. Um, you know, you can start with the cornerstone but if you don't keep following it, then your line is gonna be crooked. Your wall is not gonna be straight. It's not going to be as sound, as strong as it could be before. We have all been welcomed into God's home, into God's household, into God's family. And we are reminded that Christ has to be our cornerstone, our our first piece, the foundation, is the work of the apostles, the works of the disciples, the works of the prophets. But that's all based, it all starts with Jesus. And when we all follow Jesus and we all build off of him, then we will create a holy temple to the Lord, is what the scripture says. And we will be built together. 
when we turn to Christ, we are reminded that Christ is our peace. Again, when we turn to him and we look to him, then we can see through the hostilities of life, through the noise of the world. It is God's peace that helps unite us, our peace through Christ. Friends, we cannot live our lives off of the cornerstone with Christ without having the peace of Christ as well. If we don't have the peace of Christ, then our wall is going to be wonky. It will not be sound. It'll be like my fence in my backyard. I can prop it up all I want with other things, but unless I actually make it strong again, it's just going to keep falling down. My kids all smiled at me because they know exactly what I'm talking about. But you know in your lives exactly what I'm talking about too. The unity of Christ means that when we look upon one another, we don't see our differences, we see the face of God. When we live in the peace of Christ, that means that when we become angry, we can recognize that anger, but then we work through it. When we live in the peace of Christ, that means that when we need to forgive someone, we forgive them. We don't hold on to the grudge. And when we live in the peace of Christ, it means that when we need to be forgiven, we ask for that forgiveness as well. That is how we help to break down the barriers. The barriers that the writer to the Ephesians was talking about was the barriers between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. And there were great cultural differences between them. We have great cultural differences between Christians even now. And we are still working to break down those walls. Sure, we're not all going to go to the same church, but how do we look upon one another? How we love one another? Are we modeling Christ's peace and love in how we treat one another in the church? In other churches? How are we breaking down the barriers to share Christ when we interact with folks outside of the church who are different from us? It is the peace. Christ came to create one humanity, one kingdom of God living together, one body reconciled, made right with God and with one another. He came to put hostility to death. We need to put hostility to death in our lives. We need to put hostility, anger, division, divisiveness, prejudice, all of that aside so that we can line ourselves back up with Christ our cornerstone. That's the start. That's our start. If we don't have that right, if we're not lined up, the rest of it is not going to be as good as it can be. Can you build a wonky foundation? Yes. Might it leak? Yes. Might it need repair? Yes. Can 
it be fixed so that it will work in the long run? Maybe, unless you build your basement out of cinder block in a swampy part of Illinois. Then you have no hope. But God is our master mason. And even when we don't line ourselves up with Christ, God can help us move back in line. When we have made mistakes and we have placed our lives to the side of where Christ is calling us to be, when we do things that are different from what God calls us to do, that are different from what Christ models for us, God can still bring us back in line. And he does that through his son, Jesus Christ. When we repent, when we recognize our mistakes, when we ask forgiveness, we are corrected. We are better than any mason builder who tries to fix the leaky basement. It is if we are new, aligned with Christ. So the questions we ask ourselves this morning, as a church, as we are reopened, as we are looking to go out in kind of like a new phase of church life, is when we can ask ourselves, are we aligned with our cornerstone? As we get ready to live a life of Christ in this pandemic world, is our life aligned with Christ? Is Christ our cornerstone? And if he is, fantastic. And if he's not, now is your time. Now is your time to say yes to Jesus. Now is your time to say, I can't do it alone anymore. I know that I fail, but I know, Lord, that if I put my trust in you, if I repent, if I give my life over to you, then you will make my path straight again. If that's where you are this morning, I invite you to invite Christ into your life to be your cornerstone. And if we are working in our lives to align ourselves with Christ, then I ask you, is Christ your peace? Do you look to Christ in moments of anxiety or anger? Do you look to Christ when you look upon any other person? When you're judging, you should be thinking of Christ. When we are prejudicing, we should be thinking of Christ. When we're loving, we should be thinking of Christ. He is our peace. He has come to reconcile us with God and with one another. So I invite you to examine your building, your building of faith. It says, Jesus Christ himself is our corner, chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. Together then, together, our faith strengthens one another. Even when one of us fails, together we can still keep the house standing, just like we did with Jenga. We pulled out a couple of... Uh, of pieces, but we were still standing, still supporting each other. And that's what we do as a church. We are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. 
Will you pray with me? Lord, we want to be your church and your people. Lord, we want to be right with you. We want Jesus to be our focus, the main part, the most important part of our faith, of our foundation of faith. So, Lord, for those of us here who need to make ourselves right with you, who need to lay down our sins and ask forgiveness, Lord, we say, forgive us. Forgive us for the things that we have done that we shouldn't have, for the things that we said that we shouldn't have, for the things we didn't do that we should have. God, forgive us for our sins. Lord, help us to reach out to you, to become one with you through Christ. And then help us help each other as a church. Help us support one another as a family of faith. Help us to be the church that you have called us to be. You have called us to be individuals in faith, and you have called us to be a gathering together of followers and believers. Come together to worship and going out into the world to share the good news. Lord, help us make you be our cornerstone. And Lord, help us to find your peace. Amen. One of the ways that we celebrate together that we are a family of faith, that we are a community of faith, that we are followers who, recons re who understand our need to be forgiven of our sins and to be reconciled to one another, is to come to the table of the Lord. Because it's at the table of the Lord that we are reminded that Jesus gave himself up for us for all of that, so that we can be forgiven of our sins so that we can again be one with God and one with each other. And so as the family of faith, with Christ as our cornerstone, we come to share this meal together at the kneeling rail. We will come forward and, and we will receive it there. But first, let us bless our elements. Loving and gracious God, Lord, we thank you so much for the ways that you love us, for the ways that you lead us, for the ways that you correct us. God, we try so hard to be your disciples and your church. Thank you for the ways that you love us through our humanity and lead us with your spirit. And now, Lord, we come to celebrate this meal of grace, this meal of welcome and forgiveness, this meal that reminds us that we are part of your family and that taking it together, we are part of our own family. Lord, we remember that on the night in which Jesus gave himself up for us, he took bread and he gave thanks to you and he broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat all of you. This is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He again gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take and drink, all of you. This is my blood poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. 
Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So, Lord, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit upon us gathered here and upon these gifts of bread and cup. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, so that we might be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes again in final victory and we all feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. So the ushers will um, bring you forward to the kneeling rail. You are invited to kneel as you are able and you will receive bread to take and then a cup to drink and then you can leave your cup there at the rail then you'll be dismissed and the next group will come forward there are gluten-free um, uh, bread pieces down here for those who need it You are blessed by God's love as God's chosen people. You are forgiven through the grace of Jesus. Go now in peace.
take, eat, drink, give thanks, and say amen for God's love and grace for you, and share that grace with the world. Take and eat. We are all part of God's family. Loved, forgiven, and sent. Amen. Thank you. Lord, we thank you for this meal that we have shared. Lord, we thank you that we could share it in this way. We have come before you, Lord, with our hearts open. And we thank you, God, that you have received. You have received our confessions, and you have received our love, and you have given us forgiveness, and you have sent us out in your peace. Through this meal, Lord, we receive all that and more, and we thank you. Amen. Marsha has a minute speech. Oh, I don't have a mic. In keeping with our grand reopening today, I just want to mention two things that broke my heart when we had to give up gathering together in church. One of them was the choir. The choir will be back. We will start rehearsals on the Wednesday following Labor Day, which I think is the 8th at 7 o'clock. And so I want all those people that I've bedeviled for years and years to come back. And I join a few more of you to join the fun too, so please do that. The second thing that I've really missed is TNV, and that typically is on Monday mornings, the first Monday morning of each month, pardon me, I would like to start, though, in September, and since the first Monday is Labor Day and probably some leftovers of the sesquicentennial, we're going to make it the Tuesday of that week. And then from then on, it'll be the first Monday. And we've selected a new book. It's yet one more Max Lucado. Sorry, girls. But this one is just really, it really struck home with me. This is part of David's struggles and, of course, Facing Your Giants is the name, 
where he, where he kills uh, uh, Goliath and all the things we can take from that. We all know that Lucado has such humor, but yet he uses very sound Christian doctrine to, uh, to bring this home. So I hope you can join us on every Monday morning from now on. Okay. Every Monday morning or just once a month? I'm sorry. First Monday mornings of the month. Thank you. I'd like to remind you that this coming Wednesday, there is a blood drive at the high school between the hours of 2 and 6 o'clock. That's sponsored by the High School National Honor Society. So even first-time blood donors, you are welcome to come and uh, give blood at that time. Um, we have been passing around uh, clipboards uh, to sign up to help work at the food pantry and then also to be a liturgist. So, um, so to be a liturgist means that you will come and assist me in leading worship on Sunday. Basically, you would lead the call to worship. You would read the opening prayer. All of this will be provided to you. And then you would read the scripture. Hey, that's easy, right? You can do that, right? Because I'm going to be providing you everything that you need. So if you are willing to do that on a Sunday, we would really appreciate it if you would sign up for that as well. I believe those are, oh, hey, we have a potluck after this. Yes, Lord. <laughs> awesome. So I invite you to stay around and uh, to share in food. If you brought something fantastic, I can't wait to taste it. And if you're here and didn't bring anything, that's okay. There is plenty. So uh, please come and join us after worship. One of the things that we're wanting to do now that we are restarting everything is we want to start back up with Sunday schools, but I know that our population has shifted a lot. So for those of you who are interested in, in participating in Sunday school, that would be the time after worship. If you are at the potluck, I'm just going to call us over for a few short minutes for a, a little time of assembling and organizing a little bit. So I, I hope that you will be here for that. So all of that being said, I invite you to stand as you're able and join in our closing hymn. It is Cornerstone. We sang it last week. We will sing it again because now we understand it a little bit better, right?
have to thank Olivia for winging it with me because I give her very little instruction and she does very, very well. And next Sunday is her last Sunday with us. <laughs> you are loved. <laughs> we leave this place not as strangers, but friend and family, members of God's own family, brothers and sisters through the blood of Jesus Christ. Together, we are being built into a holy dwelling place where God lives by God's spirit. So go out with joy and confidence to love and serve the world, for we do not go alone. Amen. Can I bless our food really quickly? Lord, bless the food that we are about to receive in the hands that prepared it. May it nourish our bodies and give us all that we need, especially the energy to enjoy one another's company and to celebrate our fellowship together. Amen.